travel back with me to March of 2020. The pandemic had just begun. We were in lockdown for two weeks. And that same weekend, the beginning of the shutdown was also the third week of Lent. And I'll, I'll add an aside here, uh, which is also it was the weekend where the search committee was meant to come and visit me in Danville, Kentucky. So it was an intense weekend. They didn't come. It was really incredible. The intersection of all these moments was intense. And our isolation that began then provoked my imagination during that season around our gospel stories. In particular, I could not stop thinking about the disciples' isolation after Jesus' death. I began to connect my own grief and anxiety with what I imagined the disciples were experiencing. I could imagine their desire to be together and their clinging to their shared memory and experience. The intensity of their fear that's mentioned in today's gospel began to feel very real to me. And I began to wonder how they managed their feelings and if they could imagine then how their experience would shape their community. It seemed to me that our experience in that moment could teach us about their experience in their moment, and vice versa. For most of the pandemic, I was the only member of my family who went shopping. And in those beginning months, this was particularly stressful. While in the grocery store, I tried to maintain some kind of distance, even from those close friends. There was almost an embarrassing sort of glancing at one another, maybe a nod of a head or a wave, but you dare not get too close or you would dive into hugging and greeting one another because we missed each other so much. And then I would get home and I would stand in the driveway and I had my package of antibacterial wipes do you remember? And I would wipe down all my groceries and wonder what my neighbors were thinking of the priest standing in their driveway, wiping down their groceries, wearing my mask. And then one of my children, usually our middle child, would come out and we wouldn't speak, right? Because maybe I'd been exposed. And so he would just gently, I'd set the bags down about six feet away, and he would come, and he'd get the bags, and he'd take those inside. And the way our house was, I could come right in the front door and straight up the stairs to my bathroom. So I would come straight in the house, wouldn't talk to anybody, still have my mask on, take a shower. All of my clothes went immediately into the laundry. And I know I was not the only one doing this because I have teacher friends and doctor friends. We were all living under this intense wondering about how we could protect one another. It was an intense, never-ending cycle of providing for and protecting the people that I love the very most. It was, if you can believe it, during these moments of grocery shopping, that I began to really relate to Thomas in my imagination, the disciple who stars in today's gospel. 
For years, I have wondered why Thomas was not in the room for that first appearance. But now I began to get a glimpse of maybe, possibly, why he was not there, admittedly projecting my own experience onto this disciple. Because perhaps, perhaps he was doing something that was really important for his community. Maybe he was the only one who was willing or able to go get food or run an errand. My imagination began to teach me a bit about vulnerability, risk-taking, for this one reason. Because surely Thomas would not have left the disciples unless he really had to. So I've never related to him more than during those earliest days and weeks of the pandemic. So for this reason, I completely empathize with his outburst today. Consider his disappointment and his frustration. He's jealous and skeptical. His grief influences his reaction to his friend's story of their encounter. He tells them he will not believe. But of course, in order to refuse their story, he must, to some degree, believe it. Would Thomas have asked, demanded to see the risen Christ if he didn't believe it was possible? If he really doubted, wouldn't he have just walked out, given up? Thomas's demand is a superficial cover-up for deep, vulnerable desire. Maybe it was the desire to belong. We might say that he had the fear of missing out. Don't we all have that to some degree? I mean, Thomas knows he belongs. These are his brothers, the disciples, and yet he misses this primary experience that binds them together. No wonder he wants the same experience. I know I would. I know that I do. And during the week between these appearances, I can imagine Thomas's yearning. Perhaps he prayed over and over again, just one more time, Jesus, just show up one more time. It's all I ask, one more. Perhaps he had began to imagine what he would do or what he would say. And then Jesus is there. Thomas gets his one more time. It is an incredibly rich story, full of all kinds of details and images. Jesus appears to the disciples twice, both times offering his peace, what we call that peace that passes all understanding. He breathes on them the Spirit, John's version of the Pentecost experience. And with the gift of the Spirit comes the ministry and power of forgiveness. And then he offers Thomas his body. Each of these details matter. Each offering to me in my imagination slowly inviting us to come closer Come closer to the peace of Christ. Come closer to the Spirit and forgiveness. Come 
close to the gift of Christ's own body. When we come to church, we're looking for an encounter. We believe that God maybe is here, that we will find God here. We pray for an encounter with the holy, even if it's only for a moment. And so our liturgy, the work that we do here together, invites us to come close, listen to the stories of God's ongoing work in the world, open our hearts in prayer to Christ's mercy and peace, come close to Christ, the body of Christ pressed into our hand. And somehow in these moments, we experience a great reunion. Christ is here with us, feeding us, sustaining us. Our lives are renewed and refreshed. We may not see or touch Christ's physical body, but we encounter the risen Christ. And essential to this encounter is that we are all here together. We look around and find Christ right here among us. We care for one another in our pain, and we find Christ there. We may not touch his hands or his side, yet we touch one another's wounds, and we hold his broken body in our hands. What an astonishing unbelievable, incredibly rich reunion. We have seen Christ, Christ before us, Christ among us, Christ within us. These encounters with Christ, though, are not the end of the story. They're just a glimpse of the kingdom. Jesus turns to Thomas and says, Have you believed because you have seen me? Well, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Jesus is trying to compel the disciples to get outside, to be vulnerable, to take some risks, all for the sake of the gospel. Thomas's desire to belong or to be present is really not about Thomas at all. Christ visits the disciples and gives his body to Thomas, not for Thomas's sake, but for the sake of the whole kingdom. The disciples' belief will eventually, it takes a while, God bless them, I totally relate, to get out of that upper room. But once they do, their ministry spreads Christ's mercy and grace further than they can imagine. By their discipleship, they bring Christ's life to the world. Jesus encourages and empowers us also. We've not seen the physical body of Christ, and yet we believe. And there is more to the body of Christ than what we see or know. Christ compels us to get outside, to be more vulnerable, 
to take some risks for the sake of the gospel. Yes, Christ meets us here. And Christ is beyond these walls in our community. As I reflect on these last two years, I wonder how the pandemic has changed us. What have we learned about ourselves, our love for one another, our strength in adversity? Has our ministry to Christ changed? What risks are we willing to take for those that we love, for a stranger, or even for an enemy? We've seen how we're connected to one another, and I wonder what it means to belong to Christ and one another. Perhaps the pandemic has taught, well, at least taught me, that none of my life or my desires are really about me at all. Perhaps what matters most is a life lived in service to Christ's peace and forgiveness. I hope that you meet Christ here. In the bread and the wine, Christ's body given to us in one another, Christ's body empowering and enabling us. And I hope that you meet Christ out there, wherever you go from this place, in meals shared with friends and strangers, in acts of kindness, bringing calm encouragement, especially to those who need it the most. I hope that we find ourselves embedded in the great vastness of God's kingdom. For that is the promise of the gospel, that Christ is with us at in all times and in all places, giving life to the whole world.